Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. No days off! No days off! No days off! No days off! This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump! <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal! 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 Hannibal. Oh, Mr. Dot On WEI.com. Previewing Patriots Wild Card Weekend, Saturday night against the Bills. Uh, what's that stadium called these days? New Era? Not New Era. It's like uh, Highmark. Highmark. Uh, temperatures be very cold, uh, close to zero. That's why uh, the get in price is very cheap. So if you want to go to the game, Feel free to make the drive. It'll be cheap. Um, I, we can start a number of different ways with this podcast. I guess, what's your confidence level of this team going into the game? Um, mediocre at best. Uh, like, you know me. I think they and got you, the best. You could factor in the opponent, too. Yeah, I, that is why it's mediocre. It would be poor if it were a different opponent. Like, I think they got the best opponent. The, this is the opponent I said they should be rooting for. I think this is the winnable matchup for them. Um, but you can't just deny that three of the last four times they've played and the last three times they've played an opponent with a pulse, they've not been good. Like they, and some of it is them. Some of it is the opponent. You know, all, we know all the, the narrative, the slow starts and the turnovers and the defense can't get the stops it needs. Like all the, well, that's, that's who you are. You know, over the short stretch, if you if you if you're one of those that breaks the NFL season down into like chunks, quarters, or whatever, this quarter they're not good. They're not a good football team. Um, and the the team on the other side of the ball is good. You know, I, I know people are trying to poke holes in the Bills. To me, the Bills are a lot like every team in the NFL. Who's good? Who who consistently from start to finish? Who has this resume of wow? They have eight wins against playoff opponents, and they're good at home they're good on the road like nobody like that's kind of why i i criticized people saying that this six season this season's not successful if we're going 10 and 7 well the number one seed was what they, they finished with what 12 wins so yeah. you finished two wins out from first place like how can you say 10 and 7 is mediocre when it's that close to first place you're with 
everyone else in the league that's kind of the upper echelon echelon of the, the AFC. And let's look at that comparison, Tennessee. Like everybody is absolutely blowing Mike Vrabel for the coaching job, getting by without Henry and A.J. Brown. I would argue Mac Jones gets by without Henry and A.J. Brown every week because he never had a great player. He never had an elite player. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and you're only a couple. Yeah, so I, the NFL, I think this year, is it's parody, I guess. Because it's weird because I don't think, I think sometimes when you say parody, you think it's lower level teams. Like, I think everybody's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's talent, there's stars, there's playmaking. But the consistency, like the consistency. One of the MVP candidates, Jonathan Taylor, doesn't make the playoffs. Right. So, yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to say it's like a down year for the league. It's just a, a down year for consistency. Can I say that? Like just across the board, it's a down even, year. Even the Chiefs, like they were, you know, yeah. terrible, terrible start, but they turned it on. The Titans, yes, they had injuries, but they were bad in that middle stretch. So, yes, across the board. So, the yeah, and and so I think that that's part of the story of the year on the grand level. Um, and it's, it, I was going to say it's part of the Patriots story, but it isn't really. They've been kind of consistent in who they are in a way. Like, no, they have been. Which, they, they beat up on bad teams. They go 50, 50 against the average teams. and <laughs> They don't perform well against the good teams. Right. And, and some of the characteristics in there have been, consistent but not necessarily like that, in a good that Miami game was pretty much identical to the Colts game identical right talk at the beginning you fought back you played well at the beginning in the middle and then you had a chance to come up with a big stop in the fourth quarter on the last possession and you didn't the Taylor long run and the two are first down this time around so yes the Patriots are what they are basically yeah yes and but to me and that was kind of my post-game column like that means you're a playoff team. Like you are a playoff team. Mm-hmm. You're a six seeded playoff team. You're a lower end playoff team that plays a road game because you earned that the way you played this year. Like if you, I think some people take that they are what they are, like with a negative mm-hmm. tone. No, no, no. It's more just an assessment. Like I, I, mean, I finished with 10 wins. Like before, what did you say before the year? You, you said nine. Yeah. But some people were saying less than that. Some people were saying like 500 team missed the playoffs. You made the yep. playoffs and you competed for the division until the final week of the season. No question. And I, and I don't think there's any, when you take all the factors into play and I, I'm not just saying Mac, we can go back to our discussions mm-hmm. in March about spending money and turnover and like how hard it is to bring mm-hmm. all these new faces together for most teams. It doesn't work. It's this, it's that like, now I think it's funny because if my memory serves me right, which it often does not. So we'll take this with a grain of salt, but weren't the numbers of that time that teams that lead the the money spent or free agency generally on average have a five game improvement, but also on average, don't make the playoffs. I believe was the something like that. Yeah. It was that they don't make the playoffs. I don't know if it was five games, but it was like, but it was like that. I want to say it was five games because usually they're really bad. Those are like well, that, that was the point that the teams that do right. that are usually so bad that you're going from two wins to seven. So. so they didn't they only got a three win improvement, but they made the playoffs, which to me is more valuable than those extra two wins. Like I want to be a playoff team. I totally agree. And that's the kind of like think about last year at this time. Fans, all they wanted was meaningful, meaningful football. You, Correct. You, you get it. Like you're in the playoffs. You're the, it's not like you, you snuck in by, you know, five teams losing on week 18 and, and you won. Like, no, you earned your playoff spot. You were in contention for the AFC East, which is one of the, 
I'm not saying it's the best division in football, but it's it's has some decent teams. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think some Patriots fans aren't appreciating what they're getting. I would agree. And and you're right. This was a playoff team from midseason on. We pretty much knew. I mean, that was when you slid into the number one spot. You were the Super Bowl contender. Which I think was the worst thing that could have happened. I, I think there is some degree of that where like the hype train got ahead of them. And now because you're not what you were hyped to be, there's disappointment where in reality, you should be happy for where you are. Right. But And just it was the way that the schedule felt like you had that middle se- season pack where number one, you got lucky with injuries from opposing teams. And number two, you just played early. You played not great competition. And I think we've I mean, we can point to what we pointed to all along. You lost to the Dolphins twice. That changes your season. Yep. Like you, you should have won the first one. You could have won the second one. You won neither. You know, if you split it, at least that's an 11 win season. If you sweep a team that fired its head coach that had a seven game losing streak, your 12 win season. And now mm-hmm. everybody's talking about you differently. Look, but you didn't, you lost twice to the Dolphins and you, but it, I, I still go back to the bottom line. They're a 10 win team. That's in the playoffs. They should be in the playoffs. They're worthy of it. Now they get the opportunity to prove whether, and again, I think they have the best matchup. I would, this is the only matchup I'd even consider picking them to win. Yep. And we can get into the game now. Um, Give me, so let's go, let's bounce back and forth here. Let's play a little ping pong of uh, points. Most important um, aspect to this game or most critical aspect to the game for the Patriots. I think it's their health on defense. You look at the guys that were not practice. We're recording this Wednesday afternoon, so some injury reports have come out. COVID, who knows more COVID news? But uh, Jalen Mills is placed on the COVID list. Uh, Isaiah Wynn wasn't at practice. Um, Kyle Duggar wasn't at practice. So you're missing some bodies on defense. Christian Barmer was there. I just look at the, the secondary. Like if you don't have Jalen Mills, that means more Juwan Williams, Miles Bryant, and, and any time that those two guys are on the field for extended snaps. No, thank you. And I know like the weather is not going to be, you know, perfect, but you can still throw the ball. There's no wind and there's no precipitation. So just roll Josh Allen out and have him throw the ball to Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis and Stephon Diggs. And there's your game. That's certainly how, I mean, it's a little different, but that's how Josh McDaniels is approaching it. All his talk about the weather and like, he thinks they're going to run their regular offense. They can throw. It's not the cold is the cold. It's not precipitation and it's not wind. Um, And if it is that, now we should say it could be historically cold. I think it's. Yeah. Nice. I think, I think he's, if it's what is, it's, it's like two degree, three degrees, but the wind chills below zero. Like, yeah. That. Like minus eight was the feels like temperature. I think I that's saw cold. that's like, I, that's I not imagine. just cold. That's crazy cold. I can't imagine you can like, you know, throw the ball 30 yards down the field on you know, three straight plays and expect everything to go perfectly. Like, a, right. But you also don't have to do that. That's what I mean. Like Cole Cole Beasley and Stefan Diggs can get open short, make plays short, run after catch, all of those things. Um, But for me, I think I would term it. I think the most important aspect of this game is toughness. Mm -hmm. And I would say physical and mental. That's And that leads me into a point. Um, You know, we had Trent Brown today talk about a good question by Giardi, a rare good question by Mike Giardi of the NFL Network. Like join us in this podcast. He's too busy for us. Yeah. He had to run errands or something. Jagwagon. He's, he's leaving for Buffalo tomorrow. I think he had to get all his stuff done. Get what stuff done? I don't know. 
he's an adult. He has, he has other priorities besides his job. Stop making excuses for him. He bitched out on us. <laughs> um, he asked Trent Brown about sort of the chippiness in the second game. And did he think that was intentional that the bills were trying to kind of show something, prove something. And Trent Brown said, yes, he said he was not reading too much into it. He said, you know, the bills got embarrassed in the first game and wanted to come out and make a point that they could stop the run and play a certain way. And they did. We talked about it mentally and physically. The bills did what they needed to do in that second game. Mm -hmm. And I think if mentally and physically the bills do what they need to do in this game, they probably win the game. Yeah, that's, uh, that brings us to what we, or you said off air. Uh, like, do you think the Patriots can win the game on their own, or do you need do the Patriots need the Bills to kind of lose it for themselves and, and turn the Patriots? I think the latter. Um, I, yeah, I think if both teams quote unquote play a pretty good game, Bills win. I think they're more dangerous. I think they're playing better. Um, I, I look at you know Josh Allen and the I think. I have to think internally in Foxborough, the respect factor for Josh Allen went way up after the last game, the way he put the bills on his shoulders. We talked about it. Didn't we know how Bill Belichick went right out to him after the game? Like, I think that's, that showed something. And so if he does that again, although there were those initial reports, he was talking about how he has bad circulation in his feet and his feet get really cold. I, that, that right there is one of the reasons I think the Patriots have a puncher's chance. Like a, if that's true, that could be a factor B why are you telling anyone? Don't tell anyone. Like, yeah. that doesn't need to be out there, that information. C, if he has circulation issues, it usually affects the extremities, not just the feet. So is he going to have hand problems, not be able to feel the ball as well, squeeze the ball as well? So, like, I didn't like him opening that door, if I'm a Bills fan, Bills Mafia, to that, to that idea. Um, and that's a continuation of the topic that we started in the first game of, are the Patriots more built for Buffalo? Are the Bills not built for Buffalo? You know, I think it was, did I see Mina Kimes was like, they need to build a dome. Like, if you yes. want Josh Allen to be a franchise quarterback, you need to have a dome in Buffalo because he's built for a dome. Like, that's what he is. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I just think that edge, that whatever, and, and I put McDermott in this. I put Poyer and Micah Hyde. I put all of these guys in this. This isn't just a Josh Allen thing. Now, he he's the centerpiece because he's the quarterback. But mental and physical toughness, if the Bills are up to the challenge, because I think the Patriots have mental and physical toughness. Mm -hmm. I don't know how good they are, but I think they have mental and physical toughness. The Bills are opposite. I think they're pretty good. I'm just not sure they have mental and physical toughness. And how that shakes out could decide this game. Another okay. thing is the uh, – oh, we're going keys back and forth? Yeah, back and forth. Back and, You got another one? Uh, yeah, I do. Who gets off to the to the better start? Who can who can dictate play early on? Like I think there's a very good chance we know who wins this game at the, at the end of the first quarter. Like if the if the Patriots come out, get off to a good start, have have the lead. If they're up 10-0 after the first quarter, I'm not saying it's guaranteed for them to win because Allen could definitely make a comeback, but that's where the Patriots are at their best. They're playing on their own terms. Um, they're they're obviously gonna be running the ball if they're ahead. Now, if they're losing. They, they have no chance. If they're down 10 nothing at the end of the first quarter, it, it's game over. They're, they're not built to come from behind. And I think also, I don't know about you, but have you got a, a sense that, like, some of the players this week are kind of down? Uh, yes. Like, yes. not like that the season's over, but, like, I don't know. Trent Brown today stood out to me, like, just kind of down, like, not really, like, excited. And, and just, I don't know, if it goes back to Mac Jones after the game, like, they're just, I don't know, there's not that, like, level of confidence and excitement that I would usually expect to see around this time of year. Well, 
And I think part of that is we talked to Matthew Slater on Monday night, on Mod at night. And he said, like, you can't avoid the idea that they've played three games that were bad in their last four. Like that, that's attached to them. That's the reality. And while they're not going to talk about it openly, they feel that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, like, I don't know if you, if you go to a restaurant four times and three of the four times it gives you diarrhea, aren't you worried you're going to have diarrhea? Good, <laughs> like when you good analogy, but yes. Like it's just the, re- you may not talk about it, right. but like there's a little piece of you that's like, if I eat this meal, am I going to be crapping my pants out in a little while? And I just, I think that's in their head. It, that's also why we talked about why the Miami game is so important. Right. And which is why it was so disappointing, which is why, like my post-game column, it's hard to feel good about them right now. It just is. Um, so it's like they almost need like something to, crazy to happen early in the game, like a kickoff return for a touchdown, a pick six. Like they kind of need something to get them like life, like some some confidence, like maybe a, a big play on their first drive. Like they, they need I, something. I am not opposed to taking a shot on your first offensive series. Second down, like – Maybe you run it on first down with the idea, oh, look, Patriots are starting off with the run again. They're going to impose their will and then play action, take a shot to Nelson Aguilar. Do you want your trick plays? Like, do something. I don't love the trick plays because the trick plays, well, I'm swayed by the flea flickers that have been awful. I'm not saying that. Maybe Jacoby Myers passed. Those were good last year. Yeah. Okay, so that leads me into an – I'll get to my next point, but an extension of this. So one of the talking points, we touched on it, the circulation, the cold weather, Josh Allen. Mm. Is Mac ready for minus eight degree no. field? He looked cold the first time and it wasn't this cold. No. He had that weird um, pullover thing that was too loose. Yeah, like, are you, I know you'll get in trouble. Are you worried about him and the cold weather? I'm not worried. I just, he is what he is. Like, I'm not, I'm not expecting multiple turnovers because of it. I just, I don't think he's, like comfortable no not that like any quarterback would but i guess tom brady like he's comfortable in that element he knows how to handle it mac jones he's not there yet and yeah he may know how to handle it in four years right right now he's not played in the cold all that often hasn't played all that well down the stretch here we can get into your theory that ever since he started wearing the stupid glove which is by the way also my son's theory that he a couple weeks ago you and giardi's son must be talking he's at the same thing well, because I think kids look at those age, well, like in this day and age where kids are brought up on TikTok and like social media, like little things, like they're drawn to little things. And well, that's a little now, do they think Mac is just is wearing it like superstition wise or do they think that there's something else? Like to me, I think there's something wrong with his hand. I, I think there could be something wrong with his hand. Like I said it to you. Is it possible he wears it? for grip purposes maybe the thumb it's like the webbing it's not as strong grip so he never wore until the the colts game which was coming out of the bye and he was on the injury report during that week he, he got off it on friday but he was on it that week, which leads you to believe that there was some injury there he hasn't been on it since but we know you can't really take much value in the injury report and he's and worn it, he's worn the glove ever since and it's not just a cold thing he wore it indoors he wore it in miami so it's not like to keep it warm. And even at the time, you remember, he described it as not an acute injury, but something that had been dealing with yep. when he when he talked about it in the press conference. And we had to put it on the injury report for like league purposes to protect protection reasons, yeah, protection. Yep. protect ourselves. Um, but remember, he was like 
he showed his thumbs at the press conference type thing. Um, is there something there? Yes. I don't think just out of the blue, the glove popped up. I, I, I don't, but is it a big deal? It's also, we need to relax for just a second. It's his left hand. I know. I Tom know. Brady's bone popped out of his right hand and he played a couple days later. But the completion, it's so in 13 games without the glove, he was completing 70% of his passes and four games with the glove down to 59.9. So that's a 10% difference. And then the interception five and four games compared to eight to 13. So there's definitely, you know, stats that back up. He hasn't been good since. So maybe he punched the rookie wall with his left hand, maybe. hurt his left hand, and now he stinks. Like, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out after the season. Maybe this will be one of those Mac Jones had a procedure on his left hand, his left thumb, his left whatever. I still don't, like, I feel like we need to call Tom House or one of those guys. Tell me why this hand hurting affects this over yeah, here. Yeah, so I should make, I'm not saying, like, the reason he's, he hasn't been playing well solely is because of the thumb. I'm just think, I'm just trying to find something to explain why he's hasn't been good of late. Like it'd be easier for you to sell me on. He fumbled the snap in Miami because of a thumb injury more than he's no longer an accurate passer because of a left thumb injury. And it's also weird too, because he's made good throws the last couple of weeks. Like he made some good down throws, downfield throws against Miami. Right. I, I think it's coincident. Is there something there? Yes. I'm sure there's something there. Mm-hmm but I don't think they're two things you can tie together. Like his drop off in accuracy, production, effectiveness with his left thumb. I think they're kind of coincidental. And they also, you know, the other problem is you played the bills twice and the Colts, you played like decent teams, right? Throw throw Miami in there too. I think some people aren't giving Miami enough credit. I guess they were probably overrated than than they should have been because of their win streak, but they have a pretty good defense. Like you have to, it's not like the Patriots went out and lost to the Jaguars last week. Miami's a decent team. I also think it's some of the view on the Miami is is swayed by they fired their coach, so they're lumped into a group of teams that stink and fired their coach, mm-hmm. even though they didn't really stink. It's a weird firing mm-hmm. type thing. Um, getting back to our ping ponging, um, it's a simple one. It could not be any more cliche, but I also think it's true. We've seen it. Turnovers. Like if they don't win the turnover battle, they don't win the game. There's no chance. Which leads you into what you said at the top. What we both said they they're not going to win the game without the Bills making a mistake. Right. If the if Josh Allen throws to only Bills receivers and if the Bills hold on to the football and there's no, I, I just don't really see a way the Patriot. Like I don't think you're going to stop Josh Allen on. So last time they never made him punt. Now I'm supposed to believe you're going to make him punt six seven times in when he has two of his better receivers he was missing than the last. Right. Time and your defense is undermanned and like, it's just hard to envision, but it's also not hard to envision, you know, JC Jackson and interception or, or whatever him throwing to a linebacker. Um, so I, I, I'll ask another question point here. Cause I have a very um, specific answer to this, but player that I think there's a couple options, but players that absolutely have to play well for the Patriots to win. We go one at a time. Sure. Matt Judon. I agree. I I actually think he might be higher than Mac Jones on the list, which is weird. No, I do too. I think you're because you're gonna win this game off your I would say off your defenses play. Like basically Mac Jones just doesn't need to make many mistakes, any mistakes. Matt Judon needs to make plays, he needs to make impactful plays, force turnovers, do th- something to change the course of the game, not just manage it. Here's a column for you. 
Why has Matt Judon sucked since Mac Jones started wearing a glove on his left hand? Yeah. Timing works out. Did uh did Matt Judon hit the rookie wall? Did Matt Judon hit the first year in New England wall? Or something? I got in a fight. Mac Jones hit Judon with his left hand. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, I agree with you. I think Matt Judon's huge. I think it's people are talking about it, but I don't think enough the way he just kind of fell off the map and now is is almost more likely to give up a play than he is to make a play, to get caught out of position, to give a, you know, Josh Allen a chance to run, to get behind the quarterback, some of those things he's been doing. Um, so you need a re- you need like late September Matt Judon to show up, early October right. Matt Judon. Here you Judon. go. Um, I mean, Mac Jones is the obvious one, but so I think that goes without saying. He has to play well. Yeah. I don't think he has to play above his head because I don't – you can't ask him to, to carry you to victory. You can't right. say, Mac, I know you haven't done it all year, but I need you to throw it 45 times and I need four touchdowns. Right. Good luck, son. Right. Um, an easy one. And is it the offensive line? Like the, I, I know that's a cop out. It's a group, not a person, mm-hmm. but that offensive line, which as you mentioned earlier, looks like it could be without Isaiah Wynn potentially. Um, yeah, speaking of that, if that happens, would you change it up or just roll Justin Huron at left tackle and, Go from there. I think I would put Trent Brown at left tackle and Mike Onweno at right tackle. And I want my five best on the field. I want my five best in positions where I think they're comfortable playing. Yeah. If this was like in the middle of the season, then maybe I could see it. But this is winter go home. Like you're right. like I think that's one of those things where Bill would kick himself after the season. Like I didn't really you know give my five best guys a chance. The only problem is Trent Brown was asked about it. He's open to doing it. He said he hasn't practiced there since OTAs. That was the only time he practiced there. Um, now, again, he's a professional. He's played a lot of games in the NFL for the Patriots at that spot. Yeah. He has a couple days to get practice, to get the lingo back and the footwork back and, and whatever and think like a left tackle. Yeah, I would have – if if Isaiah Wynn can't play, I would have Trent Brown at left tackle. All right, me too. Uh, I'll throw, throw him back. you kind of the same lines. Two guys, Stevenson and Harris. Those, those guys have to have 100 – they have to – one of them has to have a 100-yard game for the Patriots to win. I would agree. I think they have to rush for north of a buck 50, and that probably means one of them has to have a 100-yard game for them to win. Um, and, and that is in conjunction with the offensive line. I'm not just putting on their shoulders, but they need to maximize runs. Some of those guys will have to probably hit a couple chunk runs where you break a tackle. Um, and this is a Bills team. I know – who was talking about how just – oh, Ivan. How about they're just a swarming defense. They swarm mm-hmm. at you. Their speed is coming at you. Um, which we know sometimes can give you opportunities because if they're all swarming and you bust through the swarm, there's not as many guys sort of at the next level to, to prevent the play. But yeah. And, and I think what we're basically saying, we're, what we're articulating is the script yes. that we've talked about all year. The Patriots have to play the game on their turn, their turn. script, offensive line, run the ball. Don't turn the ball over, play defense. Like we're using different ways to describe that. Right. that mentality. You can't go, you can't allow the bills to go down the field and get to the red zone on, on every possession. You can't go one for 10 on third down. Like in the last game, like, I mean, that you're not going to beat the bills. Like, that. Um, We should also mention um, no pooch screwing on special teams. Um, you, you can't have any of those, whatever it's been blocked punt. Here's something punt. I want to bring up that hasn't gotten enough attention this year. Jake Bailey is stunk. Uh, yeah. No one's talked about it. Um, there's been little snippets of it, but, but it's been, it's been the special teams, like the penalty have gone like the most talk he's stunk. He has stunk. I think he's hurt. I think he's very hurt. I was watching him jog off the other day and there's like a noticeable limp. 
valid because he was on the injury report for a good chunk of the with me or something. Yeah, he's he's not off of it anymore. Right, right. It, I believe Folk still is. But yeah, he was on it for a long time, and even Nick Folk took like it was two kickoffs. Remember, yep. it was yep. Carolina and, and the home game after that. So yes, it sure. would not stun me if he's another one that after the year you're like, oh, he had arthroscopic knee surgery or he had some surgery. Whatever. Okay, you know something cleaned up or blah blah blah. Um, maybe I'm making excuses because I like him. I just he you're right. He has not been good. I know was it the latest blocked punt where people started to also say he's really slow and like it was the Colts he took too long yeah which I'm sorry that's above my pay grade ask Bedard or somebody who yeah, the, the average the time. average fan is not aware of time go to PFF I know they have like the release time for the quarterback I don't know if they have the release time for the punters on PFF but that's above my pay grade but he has not had a good year no doubt about it um I, I was what was his stats he's like top eight in um gross and then like 22nd in net punting um which would tend to indicate he still has a decently strong leg numerically it's, just, it's been like the, they're not gaining as much field positions as they used to there's no down inside the five yard line like last open. year he was he was high in both net and gross so he was right. keeping it further than anyone and they were covering it or getting it down to whatever further than anyone mm-hmm. this year and that's part of it. That gets back to they're not good enough, fine lines, spe- hidden yards on special teams, um, all of that. Yeah, I would agree. I don't, I don't think this question is a, is a debate, but who has more pressure in this game? Um, the Bills. Yeah, no, it's really no question. Like they're, yeah, I don't, they're, they're supposed to win this game. They have the better quarterback. They're the more experienced team. Like they're, they went to the AFC Championship last year. The Patriots, tough rookie quarterback. All the pressure's on the Bills. Yeah, they, they gave their quarterback $250 million to, like, win these kinds of games. So, to- I guess that's kind of factors into if you're going to pick the Patriots, you say the pressure gets the Bills. They can't handle all of this with Sean McDermott, Josh Allen. Like, they they choke. That's another – if you're going to pick the Patriots, you can use that as an argument. Yeah. I mean, also, I throw in the weather. Just this – again, it bothered me that Josh Allen was talking about he has bad circulation in his feet. His feet get cold, and it's going to be minus eight field. Like, that's a, that's a bad sign that he's – I think both quarterbacks, honestly, may not play well. I think both quarterbacks may look cold. Yeah, this is a big uh, – if you got those – I don't know if the BetQL stuff's out there. Take the under. Not a lot of points in this game. What – um? do you know the number? Do you remember the number? It was in the uh, mid-40s, I want to say. Yeah, I, I don't hate the idea of taking the number. I mean, taking the under. That uh, seems a little high to me. It's not loading fast. My Wi-Fi is bad, but – I think it was in that range because, but I mean, I think, it wasn't like a, a crazy low number to start with. No, no. But I mean, like, I think the, the weather is uh, coaches keep saying that the weather is not going to impact things. It probably is like you're, it's going to be below zero. Like, like again, this is not a, Oh, it's cold. Oh, it's cold is from like 35 down to like 20. That's Oh, it's cold. This is going to feel like 30 degrees colder than that. Yes. Minus eight. That's, I keep going back to this. I told you when I left the Super Bowl in Minneapolis and we took a wrong turn and got stuck outside, I thought I was going to die. That's how cold it was. That's how cold this is going to be. If you're not perfectly in tune with your layers and everything, or the other thing is you could be so damn focused on making sure you're not cold that you're not actually focused on. Remember the Christmas story when he's all bound up and he can't move and he falls down and he can't get up. Yeah, you can be warm, but can you actually catch the football, protect yourself, hold the football, secure it, all of those things? 
I think that's an issue too. Cause I still go back to Otis Smith once told me, Oh, you know, like I think the Jaguars were coming to Foxborough for a playoff game or something. Yep. And he said, don't get me wrong. We're cold too. Even at home, you're cold. Like they're right. cold. Everybody's going to be cold. It's part of the game. 43 and a half. That's the yeah, over under. So 43 and a half. So say you pick a bills, 24 Patriots, 17 13. still under. Yeah. I feel like this, I feel like the under is a pretty good, pretty good bet here. Uh, anything else when we're like, when we're going, you know, matchups like, Oh, oh. I, Isaiah McKenzie, he was a big, big factor uh, in that first game picking on miles. Bryant. Does he basically, I think you just bump up Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis. And, and those are the guys that will be the matchup problems. And cause you get, you just, you can X out Diggs and Jackson. Like those would be, that's the matchup. But Josh Allen might not need Stefan Diggs because he has all those other guys with a depleted Patriot secondary. Yeah, I'm also not sure that Jackson is going to uh, just totally cross out Stefan Diggs. We'll see. No, I assume that. He had a terrible performance the last meeting of 2020 at Gillette Monday Night Football. Yeah, I don't I don't just presume that he will um, make the Bills beat them with other people. I think there's a possibility that he gets beat in that matchup. Not all the time. I don't think he's mm-hmm. going to give up, you know eight catches for a buck 20 and two scores, but it wouldn't stun me if he gives up, you know, five for 80 and a touchdown or something like that. Like, I don't. If that happens, do the Patriots have a chance of winning? Um, If there's a bunch of turnovers, sure. But no, that's a good first step towards the Bills taking care of their business because I'm like you. I don't presume digs will be the issue. It's more the depth. It's Dawson Knox who sucked the first time. Does he have a, a good game this time? Because mm-hmm. Without Duggar, you're down a guy in the middle of the field. Who knows what the linebacker situation is exactly going to be um, that could play into a role there. I also, so Jalen Mills may or may not be out. Let's just, let's just say he is. I've seen a lot of people that are like, well, at least you get back a key guy in Miles Bryant. And I'm like, when did he become a key guy? Like, uh, the, the, My last memory of, of Miles Bryant was Isaiah McKenzie getting a buck 20 against right. So if and I see you in the press box, it's third and 10. <laughs> who's, who's Miles Bryant coming first? And that's what he did. Remember, it was that slow developing crosser yeah. that he's like, I'm waiting for him. Oh, there he is. First down. Right. Um, but I feel like some people are almost equating that as a wash. Well, you lose Mills, but you get back Bryant. Whatever you think of Mills, I think he's better than Bryant. He's, more, he's had a much better year than Bryant. Yep. So that's a net loss for the Patriots in that swap. Before you even get to Jawan Williams, you know, Jawan Williams, or whoever else is on the Daniel field, and, Ross. Yeah, so I, I don't. That's where you started the depth questions in the passing game, and that's where I get back to. As long as McDermott, Dable, Allen are prepared or mentally, even in- if even if Mills plays. That still means Bryant is your third cornerback. You can still have your have the Bills pick on him again. Like yeah, you're back to where you were. Yeah, right. Where you, where I, I still firmly believe I can see it right below us in the press box, Bill's sideline. It was like ninth or tenth catch of the day for McKenzie, and I swear Bryant was looking over like, throw the damn towel, get me the hell out of this game. I can't compete with this guy. I like you're leaving me out here to struggle, and you could just be back to that as your plan. Although he did remember, remember, he did have the historic game altering pass defense in the first game. Yes, that's true. Even though some people like me believe it was going to fall incomplete at the goal line anyway. Right. Um, 
I'm being a little snarky there because I, I, I don't really know what he's done that's been great. He's been a he's a nice story. He seems like a nice kid, but sure, he's oh, oh I'm all for that. Just like Christian Wilkerson is a nice kid, nice story. I would say Miles Bryant is a great number four, number five cornerback. He's not a, a every down nickel corner in this league. He's not. I'm sorry. If he if he's on the field, that means your your defense is is struggling. I'm not even sure he's better than Craven LeBlanc, who they signed this week. Who you always say there's a chance that one of those guys from the practice squad jumps up and plays a big role in this game. Uh, well, big role how? Well, okay, he's out there for a lot of plays. Is a critical uh, aspect of the game in terms of positive or negative? Could be either. But, I'm like, they've Bill's shown in the past he's not afraid to play a practice squad guy over a proven player. Oh, he's not afraid to do anything. Doesn't mean it always works. Eric Alexander started his first career game in an AFC title game. <laughs> It's going to be Crave on the blank or whatever his name is. Could start over Jawan Williams and they, they get toasted. Funny thing is, I remember liking him in camp. Who? Crave on the blank when he was here yeah, many he, years ago. And then he went to like the Bears. and the, He was similar to like Miles Bryant. Kind of made yes. plays in training camp. Like he, he was one of those low-level corners that stands out just because they make some plays. They're feisty. They're competitive. Yeah, not necessarily like, oh, this guy's the next – J.C. Jackson or, or Butler or whatever. No, he just – I remember him kind of being competitive. So we we picking the game now? Sure. Uh, I am going to go with the Bills 27, the Patriots 13. Um, I, oh, I, I found some some uh, Bills-centric stats that I tweeted out just a little, little bit ago that kind of leads into what your prediction. Um, Wait me? No. No, no. Uh, first off, Josh Allen in the fourth quarter this year, 96 for 135, 71% for over 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, no picks. So in the fourth quarter, if the game's on the line, he's been pretty pretty damn good, which is surprising to me. Hmm. Um, well, you had that other one about they win by a double-digit score or something. That's what I was going to bring up. So of uh, Buffalo's 11 wins this season, nine were by 15 or more points. And the Bills were 0-5 in games decided between seven points or less. So when the Bills win, they win by a lot. Tight, right. tight ones, they, they don't. Which would get into the mental toughness and the, like, the pressure. Um, I do think, you know, you said if, if the Patriots go down early, it could get ugly. Well, I think if the Bills go down early, it could get ugly because then Josh Allen gets into hero ball mode and then the, the turnovers could, could snowball from there and it, it could get ugly. But I don't know. I you know me, I'm very much a victim of recency bias. And I called it before the game, last game. I said it was a Josh Allen legacy game. Mm-hmm. And he impressed the hell out of me at Gillette Stadium. And I think, you know, I, I asked, who did I ask yesterday? Brian Belichick, maybe? About, you know, looks like Josh Allen is more willing to run, more like, feels like he's ready to carry the team. It's late in the year. It's postseason. And I think when he's at, that's who he is. Like, I think that's who he was at Wyoming, like a yep. gunslinger, like dual threat, whatever, like put the team on my back, cowboy kind of guy. And if you get that guy, I think he's ready to win. I think he's ready to beat you. I think he's ready to beat your pass rush, which hasn't been as good. I think he's ready to beat your overmatched coverage with his depth of weapons. I think you're going to be leaving this game saying there's a quarterback to beat in the AFC East for the foreseeable future. Josh Allen is for real. Yeah. I'm going uh 24, 17 bills. Like 
I think the Patriots kind of do what they can to make it close, to keep it tight, to make the fourth quarter matter. But the Bills are more talented. They just to, And it's not just on offense against defense. Like, the Bills' defense is pretty pretty good. Like I think we're not giving that, yes. that unit enough credit, too. Um, I think the Patriots are going to have a hard time moving the ball. They're going to need uh, a special teams play, which which we haven't seen that happen this year, like a, a pick six. Like, that's the other thing. During this uh, losing streak or the, the whatever, losing three out of four games, lack of turnovers. The defense isn't making any plays. So that's another thing. They're only going to win this game if they can make some plays on defense, force multiple turnovers, including a, a touchdown. Like, that, that's my prediction. The Patriots will not win this game unless they get a defensive touch or special teams touchdown. That's fair. And you know what that would be similar to? where we started the year comparing the team to the 2001 Patriots who almost always got that big play on special teams or the defensive touchdown, the pick six, those type scoop and score type plays. And that that's the type of team this team is. I just don't think this team is as good and has as many people capable of, of making those types of plays. So now I will say, I don't want this painted as like, I didn't give the Patriots a chance. Like I think the Patriots have a puncher's chance. Um, I, I won't be totally stunned if they win, but I will be surprised if they win without the Bills losing. That, that's what I was going to say. Like, how many people out there? There's you can't count anyone out there that's going to say the Patriots can just go out there and both teams can play their best and the Patriots will win the game. Like, who's going to say that? Nobody. Right, but it's also we used to have this argument all the time at uh, Patriots Unfiltered PFW in Progress. Both teams can't play their best. Like, because if 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 your pass rush is playing its best, the other, then you're, you know what I mean? You're not getting to the quarterback, but if you're getting to the quarterback, it means they're not protecting particularly well. Or if you pick off a pet, like it, it's, it's almost a, a fake scenario. Like, like the, the bills can win the game without making like huge, huge plays. The Patriots can't like, they need a huge, huge play. Correct. And I think the bills can win the game. If both teams don't turn the ball over, and both teams just punt and kick and whatever, I think the Bills can easily win the game. If that happens, I don't think – Because the Bills have a better chance of just moving the ball, you know, 40 yards down the field to get in the field goal range where the Patriots, that's probably an issue for them. Right. Um, One more question that did come up, and I don't know if this is the one I I wanted to – this groundswell of support, at least via talk radio, text lines, and Twitter, fans want no part of deferring anymore. Oh, I was going to bring that up, yeah. What do you think? Um, I think it's ridiculous. I think it's – let's just say the Patriots win the toss. We take the ball. Okay, you go three and out, punt away, and the Bills score. Then what are you saying? And then you don't get the ball to start the second half. Right. Yeah, I don't – I don't. I think that's one of those things where you're so, like, shaken by recent history. You're trying to find answers. But if you think about it logically, there's no – like, they can go three and out on the first possession or the second possession of the game. The other team can drive down your throat like the Browns or the or the Dolphins did on the first possession or the second possession, and you can still be down ten or whatever. Like it can and, still. Okay. And even if it's a positive scenario, let's just say you win the toss, you take the ball, you go down and score, you're up seven nothing. When the Bills down and score a touchdown in seven seven, like it's right. it's there's no there's no difference. You're just changing order of events. And I also, the one thing I will say is like. I don't have a ton of confidence in them getting a double score, like getting the the ball with two minutes left, driving down the field, scoring, and then putting a huge drive together to open the second half. I don't feel good enough about. Here's where I might consider taking the ball. 
if you were at home, then I might do it. Because if you go down and score and you're up seven nothing, you get the crowd into it, you get a lot of momentum that way. But on the road, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Now I I just think Bill believes that unless the weather or something specific is a factor, deferring is like the way to go. Mm-hmm. And so I like to me, it would almost it would almost feel a little bit um, desperate if you yep. suddenly came out, won the toss and said, well, well take I kind of speak. So I was that's like the mindset of a Patriots fan, like the loss, the losing to the Bills and the Dolphins. Let's blame the penalties. Now. Now you get off to a bad start. Oh, we, we, we're approaching the coin toss wrong. That's the other thing I wanted to talk about. I tweeted out that. In the NFL this year, there were 26,000-yard receivers, seven 1,000-yard rushers. Patriots did not have either, obviously. Um, closest was like 866 for Myers and 929, I think, for Harris. Um, there were 10 teams in the NFL that did not have either a 1,000-yard rusher or pass or receiver. Four of those made the playoffs. I just put the facts out there, and the four were like Titans, Patriots, Cardinals. Um, I don't know. I forget the other one. But and people got all def- what's your point? What's your math? Oh, so four of ten made the playoffs. That means ten of twenty-two made the playoffs. The percentages are kind of the same. Oh, Harris was close. I, I didn't actually mean anything, say anything. I know people accuse me of trolling trolls at times. I wasn't trolling trolls. And I think their reaction was them projecting their own insecurities and defensiveness onto my tweet. I think they are. I think they realize they don't have great receivers. They don't have great playmakers. They don't have some of those things. And I think their reaction was them trying to put that on me, even though it was them thinking that. And I, I thought that was really interesting. I think, I think there's a pretty, if you could do the truth serum, I think a lot of fans don't have a lot of faith in this team's ability to win this game. I think How they're could really, you, honestly, how could you? Well, because it is the Bills. The Bills lost to the Jags. It's Josh Allen. The only like, time you beat them is when you had the the win game, and some people out there are saying that game didn't even count. You can't count it. Right. No, I know. Um, oh, and one other follow-up based on Twitter. What were your thoughts on the idea of playing Brian Hoyer? Uh, that was one of the worst tweets I've ever seen. Um, but as I tweeted, more alarming maybe than the stupid question was that 4,000 people voted yes. You think they did that just for the hell to? But it was 22%. Yeah. I, I think some people do that. Like, in, I do that sometimes. I intentionally vote for like a but, certain but, side. But not, yeah. Yeah. But do 22% of people do that? Or are some people shook really with Really down on Mac? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I thought that was, I don't know who, who tweeted that, what the purpose was. Like, was it an intern that was trying to get back at the company? Like, got a lot of votes. 20,000 people voted in it. Well, because it got like 300 and something quote tweets, just like every, everybody across the country saw, even the Bills fans were, were like, Boston, you know, media doesn't believe in their own quarterback. I think that's fair. Actually, Buffalo and across is sort of fair. Like, that you're, you're actually questioning whether Mac should play in the second quarter if the first quarter doesn't go well or something like that. Like, no, that's dumb. That's dumb. But okay. So your take, you have 24 17. Is that what I heard? Yeah. And I had 27 13. Yes. So this is our last uh, game preview podcast. Yep. We have wrap up podcast Monday morning. We're on to the offseason. Next stop is a look at the best linebackers and cornerbacks available in the draft because this defense needs an overhaul. 
And I would say they need a wide receiver, number one receiver, first round pick. You can't get them all in the first round, so that's the problem. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, hopefully for your listeners and Patriots fans out there, sake, we're wrong, and we're talking about a uh, trip to Tennessee against Titans. Uh, that would be fun. I'd look forward to that. You get stomped, but that's all right. I mean, who knows? That's <laughs> why they play the games. Didn't you ever know that? That's why they play the games. All right. And enjoy the game. Uh, we'll talk to you Monday morning, win or lose. Peace out. Hi, Bruins fans. Looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.